Lecture topic: The importance of salah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadhi al-nadin astafa. Amma baadu faaguzu billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Utlu ma uhiya ilayka min al-kitab wa aqim al-salah. إن الصلاة تنهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الصلاة عماد الدين من أقامها فقد أقام الدين ومن هدمها فقد هدم الدين أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. Most respected Allah my Kiram brothers and elders. Allah Taala out of His grace and mercy granted us the very very great opportunity, blessing, bounty of having witnessed the Mubarak month of Ramadan. So the very, very great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has described that Iman, Islam, it is built on five pillars. Bunyal Islam wa'ala khamsin. Islam, it stands on five pillars. Shahadati Allah ilaha illallah Anna Muhammadan Rasulullah Wa iqami salah Wa itai zakah Wa siyami ramadhan Wa hajjil bayt So the five pillars of Islam are mentioned in this hadith sharif So the most fundamental aspect is iman itself And then together with iman The very important aspects that are the pillars on which deen is established. Without Iman, nothing will stand. But then together with Iman, the five pillars, the rest of the four pillars, Salah, Zakat, Fasting and Hajj. So, MashaAllah, in the month of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala blessed us with the opportunity of fasting, which was a fundamental part of deen, which is a farz that Allah Ta'ala has placed upon us, an obligation. And this wasn't something for one day or two days. It was an entire month long fast, meaning every day we had to wake up in the morning or start off from Sehri time, right up to Iftar time. It wasn't something that was just for one, two days, for the whole month. While we enjoyed the very easy and short fast, in the cool, relatively cooler weather, many parts of the world, they were in the summer months and having been in their summer, they were experiencing hot days and it was long days as well. MashaAllah, they kept fast in some places 18 hours, 19 hours, some places 20 hours, 20 hours in heat, and they kept fast, mashallah. And then let alone adults keeping fast, even children kept fast. So all this was the 
great obligation that Allah Ta'ala placed upon us and which mashallah with enthusiasm, with zeal people looked forward to fasting and after having kept the fast there was a sense of happiness not pride, not something that is of achievement but Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala's grace, Allah's mercy that Allah Ta'ala enabled us to keep the fast every day at the time of iftar the person who keeps a fast there are two happinesses for him two occasions of joy farhatun in the fitri one is at the time of iftar that happiness that happiness is a natural happiness not just that now he got over this day now it's something that now he's done with no it's a happiness that comes out of this fulfillment of this ibadat the fulfillment of ibadat in its proper manner brings about happiness and a person is meant to be happy on it إِذَا سَرَّتْكَ حَسَنَتُكَ وَسَاءَتْكَ سَيِّئَتُكَ فَأَنْتَ مُؤْمِنٌ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ Nabi Islam says if your righteousness, your righteous deed makes you happy not makes one proud pride is something else the happiness, happiness stems out of shukr that if the righteous action that a person was enabled to perform with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala so he feels happy over it that this is a ni'mat of my Rabb not any doing of mine Allah's ni'mat and his bounty it is his grace it is his help that enabled me to fulfill this so mashallah that happiness the beast also says if your righteous deed makes you happy and if your wrong deed the mistake that you fell into that wrong that sin that vice that a person fell in grieves him he feels hurt he feels pained in that moment of weakness he fell but then he is plunged into grief he is plunged into pain he feels very restless and he feels very very uncomfortable he cannot feel any kind of happiness and peace and joy he is in this restlessness until such time that he has now turned to Allah Ta'ala he has begged Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness he has shed tears of remorse and regret he has made amends and built his connection with Allah Ta'ala again until such time that that doesn't happen he just cannot rest he is in a state of restlessness now that is a sign Nabi Islam says فَأَنْتَ mu'min. it's a sign of Iman it's a sign that Iman is alive Insan is Insan Insan can slip somewhere but if he slipped up and he felt nothing about it that's a very dangerous place that's something extremely dangerous the person woke up after sunrise missed his Fajr Salah and he said well okay we'll see now if that was the feeling that's an extremely dangerous situation but he woke up after sunrise Insan he made arrangements to wake up but he just didn't hear the alarm he didn't hear anything and time was already passed and now he woke up but when he woke up, he woke up with a shock he woke up with a shock and he is wondering now how this happened and why this happened and now he is feeling but how do I now it's insan, it happened by chance he wasn't deliberate, he didn't plan to sleep till past sunrise he had made all the arrangements to wake up for Fajr but it happened sometimes but when it happened he didn't wake up casually he didn't wake up without any care carefree, he woke up with a shock that's a sign of Iman that's a sign that Iman is alive so any case we are talking about this 
time of iftar, this happiness, mashallah, it was this happiness over the fulfillment of ibadat. Allah Ta'ala made this possible. It was Allah Ta'ala's gift, His bounty, His na'mat. So mashallah, the entire month of Ramadan went in that manner, that every day in places where it was long fast also, people woke up in the early, some places the system had been that people would make their taraweeh, and after taraweeh, it would not be long after which they must make their seri. So, there was no question about now a person after taraweeh salah going to sleep, because by the time he decides to go to sleep, he'll have to wake up for seri. So that was the system. And people, mashallah, kept their fast. So all this was in fulfillment of this obligation of Allah Ta'ala. Now this obligation of fasting, this is a farz, and Allah Ta'ala ordained this upon the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and mashallah the ummah responded unfortunately some don't even take any care to keep the fast in the month of Ramadan but mashallah by and large those who have been blessed with little bit of consciousness of deen also come the month of Ramadan they mashallah fast alhamdulillah summa alhamdulillah but just as there was this zeal there was this enthusiasm there was this importance given to it. There was this mental and emotional preparation from before Ramadan. In anticipating the Mubarak month of Ramadan. And then there was this zeal, mashallah, little children also, that zeal, that happiness, they want to fast. Some are being told now that, okay, it's a very long day maybe in some places, you don't fast, but they don't want to take that for, accept that. They still want to fast. That zeal and that. So just as the zeal was there for this farz that Allah wa ta'ala placed upon us, likewise there's another farz of Allah ta'ala five times a day. This farz is for the whole month of Ramadan. This month comes once a year. The month of Ramadan comes and alhamdulillah Allah ta'ala accepts each one's ibadat. Allah ta'ala accepts the fast of every single person. But that zeal that was shown for the Mubarak month of Ramadan, that zeal that was shown for every fast, now the same zeal has to be shown for the farz that Allah Ta'ala has placed upon us every day of our life. Five times a day. That's farz also. This is also farz. And if that is farz, and that has this great importance, the thing is that in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah has highlighted salah to a greater extent. Indeed that is farz. It's not in any way lesser than farz. So there is no, nothing less that comes into the obligation of fasting. But as much as that is compulsory, likewise salah is compulsory and salah has been highlighted and emphasized to a greater extent. The one hadith sharif itself already highlights this, where Rasulullah says, Awwalu, awwalu. Awwalu ma yuhasabu bihi al-abdu yawm al-qiyamati inda Allahi as-salah. The very first thing that a person will be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah is his Salah. Now for example, supposing if the first thing that to be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah was fasting. So a person says, Alhamdulillah, I kept all my fast. From the time I became of age, now 50 years old I am, there wasn't one Ramadan that I missed a single fast. And now this is going to be the first thing to be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah. So I know I'm little bit short in other things, but my fast, alhamdulillah, there was no issue, 
And this is going to be the first thing that's going to be asked about. So Alhamdulillah, this I will pass inshallah. So if I pass in this, I'm hopeful for the rest. Now if I pass in the first question, then inshallah the rest might also go well. Or somebody now, the first thing to be questioned about in the day of Qiyamah was tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Very great amal, very great ibadat. See, mashallah, I make tilawat daily. Five paras, ten paras of tilawat daily. Alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah. So now, if supposing the first thing to be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah was tilawat of the Quran Sharif, so now in the back of his mind is, well, the first question I'm going to pass, inshallah. So if I pass the first question, then inshallah the rest also will fall in place. But now the first question, as much as fasting is farz, and as much as if a person hajj is compulsory upon him, then that is farz also. And likewise, there's great rewards for so many of the other amal, and there's great issues and warnings for so many of the vices. But the first thing that is going to be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah is salah. Now, if the person's salah is not in order, the first question he got bogged. So now, if the first question he got bogged, so now what's going to happen going forward? The very first aspect that's now going to be taken to task for. And there things got jammed up. Now, that is highlighting how important the salah is. And therefore, Rasulullah says, As-salatu imaduddin. Salah is the central pillar of deen. Man aqamaha faqad aqamad deen. The one who keeps this aloft, keeps it upright, then he'll keep the rest of deen upright. Otherwise, if he causes this to collapse, then other parts of deen will collapse also to a greater extent. Now very often, there are many many things that we feel very interested in and if that is the topic of discussion we feel very very interested in listening as well but this is the first thing to be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah it's something to check within ourselves what importance we give to it how much of importance that five times daily salah with jama'ah giving it is due importance in the case of our mothers and sisters performing it in good time not in the last bit of time now, in a hurried manner. Now this is, mashallah, the Ramadan passed, and then after Ramadan, Eid came, so there was such, mashallah, the happiness of Eid. So indeed, Eid is meant to be a happy occasion. It has been given as a happy occasion. So it's meant to be celebrated. But just as we wanted to have the happiness of Eid, Nabi Sallallahu wants us to have the Eid of the Qabr also. Nabi Sallallahu wants us to have the Eid of the Day of Qiyamah as well. And Nabi Sallallahu wants us to go directly to the perpetual Eid of Jannah also. And the prescription to that is putting the Salah in order. So mashallah we've come through just out of fresh out of one very great Farz that Allah Ta'ala placed upon us. Allah Ta'ala accept. But just as there was zeal, there was enthusiasm, there was importance given to it, person never managed to wake up for Fajr Salah for so many days in the year. But mashallah, in the month of Ramadan, he's waking up in good time for Sehri and then he's making Tahajjud also. So now, just as there was that zeal, and Alhamdulillah, Summa Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala increased that zeal. 
But now the question that we have to keep checking within ourselves is the importance of Salah. Is that importance as it should be in our hearts, in our lives? Oh, the harm that comes out of the missing of a Salah is all hadith and all aspects that we have heard over and over again. But the question is how much has it impacted on my heart, on our hearts? How much has it driven us towards fulfilling this great obligation that Allah has placed upon us. Now sometimes a person, for example, mashallah, is very punctual with his tilawat of the Quran Sharif, for example. So now one day he missed it, by chance he missed it. Something, he wasn't well, or he got just too caught up in something, and the tilawat got missed. So now if somebody is not punctual on tilawat, somebody doesn't really have a basic amount of tilawah that he does daily and that importance is not in his life now this person who missed it now he was feeling very very down about it so he says to somebody hey, today I missed my tilawah and he's saying it in grief he's saying it out of sorrow this person is so fine you missed your tilawah okay but a lot of things get missed so now you missed your tilawah so you're making it like you, know, you lost the, the whole world so for him, that is how he'll feel. But now to tell him that what got lost, if that person just says, I must not allow it, he's not going to understand. But now to make him understand what he lost, you ask him, okay, what do you, what do, you do? He says, no, I'm working. What's your salary? How much you earn? He says, no, I'm earning 100,000 rands a month. So he says, you see that 100,000 rand a month, you know what you earn in a whole year. What I lost in this one tilawat I missed out is more than what you, if you had to lose a whole year's earnings. Now it opens his eyes, oh, what this person is talking about? This person is talking about something, my whole year's earnings, 100,000 rand a month, over a million rand I'm earning, and uh, he's talking about that one day's tilawat he missed out, he's feeling the loss more than this whole year's earnings. Now he's got something to think about and compare that what this person is talking about. Now he gets some understanding of what is the feeling in his heart. Otherwise, it was just something very, very... Well, he couldn't even imagine it. What's, what's this person making a big deal about? Now that's exactly the point to understand in the Hadith Sharif where Rasulullah is trying to make us understand. Because he had seen with his Mubarak eyes. Seen what's Jannat, seen Jahannam. And on more than one occasion... Once while performing Salah, while performing Salah, it was Salatul Qusuf and Nabi Wasallam was seen by the Sahaba suddenly moving forward. And then sometime later in the Salah, they see him moving backwards. And this was a very strange thing for them. They had never witnessed something like this. So after the Salah, they inquired, in the Salah you moved forward. In the Salah you also move backward. What was this all about? Nabi Islam said, In the Salah Allah Ta'ala brought Jannat in front of me. And there was this bunch of grapes of Jannat. Which I thought first, let me break this one bunch and my Sahaba will eat. But then I left it. Because that, that bunch is a bunch of Jannat. And Jannat, there's no fana in it. There's baqa. There's eternity in Jannat. So something that is, has got eternity in it, this dunya is fana. 
that can't come in this dunya. That will be there. Because this dunya is perishable. And that is non-perishable. That will never perish. So that couldn't be brought in dunya. And she said, Jahannam came in front of me. That flames of Jahannam I moved back. Allah Ta'ala showed him the reality of Jannah, showed him the reality of Jahannam. On the occasion, Allah Ta'ala took him to the heavens and beyond and he was shown all these realities. So he saw with his Mubarak eyes. And he informed the Ummad. So Rasulullah in order to highlight what is the importance of Salah. Now in the light of that example that we just took, one is Nabi Islam, if he had to tell us, person who missed out one Salah, he has incurred a very big loss. Now in our mind, very big loss, what is a very big loss? We can estimate a loss in a certain manner. Now somebody, he lost 5,000 rands too for him. That's a big loss, very big loss. Somebody else, okay, 50,000. And somebody a little bit more, maybe 5 million he lost. So, very, very big loss now. But Nabi Islam is wanting to highlight to us that look, this 50,000 and 5 million too is not even dust compared to the loss of one salah. And how now to emphasize this and how to explain it? So Rasulullah says, Man fatathu salatun. The person who misses one salah, one. Not continuously, just one. He missed one salah. Then it is as if all his family and wealth was all destroyed. Now this too, we hear, say it, we hear it. But something to expand on, something to reflect on what exactly is being said. Now person, mashallah, he came to a certain point in life now he decided now he wants to settle down so mashallah he got married so he got married so he was living alone now he has a wife living with him in his house now sometime later first child came then the second child came the third child now somebody is three years old and somebody is seven years old and somebody is twelve years old and now in this time he's been working and he's been earning so now he's been that house now he built up a better thing and now he's got it all decorated and all filled up with so many comforts and luxuries and then he's got one storeroom there also his strong room so now that strong room is filled with all his life earnings also because he's saying you put it anywhere else you don't know what's going to be tomorrow so he said rather look after it today so now he put all that in the strong room as well all the gold and the whatever jewels and pearls and all the cash and in every denomination and currency and whatever else it's all full to the brim earning for now 50 years or whatever and now one day he went for some work by the time he came the place caught on fire and nobody could escape everybody was inside Allah forbid all his family people inside all his wealth inside his whole life earnings inside all the vehicles and everything inside and everything was down in ash Everything got burnt. Now that, what is the monetary value of things? But then there's no price that can be put onto the lives that have been lost. And now this combined loss, for all the lives lost, and all this lifelong earning of wealth, and all his comforts and luxuries, and vehicles, and gold and silver, and diamonds, and whatever other things, 
And all this just came to ash in one moment. A few moments, a few minutes. What will be this person's mind? Now Nabi Sallallahu didn't just tell us that the person who missed one salah incurred a major loss. He gave us this example to, to reflect over. To try and bring deep down into our hearts that what is this loss that Nabi Sallallahu is talking to us about. It's not just some ordinary loss. It is a very, very major loss. Very major loss. Now this is that loss that is being highlighted for missing one salah. So mashallah we've come from this very, very great ibadat of fasting and then Allah Ta'ala gave tawfiq many mashallah continued fasting after Eid as well to try and keep the sixth fast of shawal because this Nabi Islam has mentioned and this still time in this Mubarak month that the person who keeps the month of Ramadan fasts in the month of Ramadan then he follows it up with six fasts in the month of Shawwal it is like he has fasted continuously because this is 30 and now another 6 so it's 36 and every good deed is multiplied by 10 minimum so 36 times 10 360 days in the year so this is the way that now he is being rewarded with as if he has kept fast for the whole year. One very great and important lesson that is being given to us in this is that the lesson of punctuality on amal, the lesson of continuity, the lesson of istiqamat, that mashallah a person did something, so now to continue with it. So now mashallah he kept the fast of Ramadan, so now there was something to follow up with. Though it's not fadus, it's nafil, but now he's being taught, keep up something. And now this will give you the reward of the whole year's fast. So likewise all the other amal. Now this was nafil, the sixth fast of shawal was nafil. But the five daily salah is farz. Now that importance, and that Allah Ta'ala in the Quran Sharif himself describes, اُتْلُ مَا أُوحِيَ إِلَيْكَ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةِ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ The Vee is being instructed and ordered, you recite from the Quran, from the Kitab of Allah Taala that has been revealed upon you and establish Salah, establish Salah. Establishing Salah, giving it its due importance, giving it the very great importance that has been afforded to it in Deen, performing it punctually, performing it in the manner and in the way that Nabi Islam has taught. Aqim Salah. Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ تَنْهَا عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ Because if the reality of Salah comes alive, then the Salah itself will prevent a person from every kind of lewd and shameless thing. Every evil and vice, the Salah itself will become a barrier between him and that. If that Salah has been given its due importance, it has been established in the life of a person. Being performed in the proper manner. Being performed with that con- complete in the manner that Nabi Salaam taught, in the Sunnah manner and being performed with that khushu and khudu then it won't happen that he leaves the masjid and he goes out and he's already involved in some sin and his eyes are already roaming around and he's already listening to some evil his tongue is already involved in some ghibat because that salah itself will become the protection from all this provided that salah has become salah inna salata tanha anil fahshahi wal munkar there was one person in the time of Abdul Malik bin Marwan was one of the Umayyad Khalifas 
So he came one day and he is in a very, very anxious state. He's crying and he's saying, please, I need to see the Khalifa. I need to have an audience with him. So somehow, in any case, they made some plan and took him. Now he's came, when he came, he is so overwhelmed and he is just weeping and crying. So he says, I've, I've committed a very serious sin. Is there any toba for me? He says, but what happened? You are just, he's going on, he's, but what happened, if you explain what happened, perhaps you can be told what, what's the way out of this, or how to move forward. So eventually he starts picking up, and he says that he was a Nabash. Nabash, now in that period of time, this was not a uncommon thing, unfortunately, that you used to get people who used to even steal the kafan from a newly buried Mayyid. Now somebody has passed away, so now that person was buried. So now everything is still fresh now, that's easy to dig the grave up again. And obviously it's just recently buried. So now people used to come and actually dig up that grave, steal that coffin, and then would go and wash it off after a few days and they'll go sell that thing. And now that, that became now the way of now earning a few haram coppers. Now this person was an Abbash. <coughs> so I say, look, this was my unfortunately my way of carrying on. And from time to time I would go and dig up these graves and steal the coffin. Now when a person starts falling, Allah forbid, now sometimes person stoops to such things which insan normally won't be able to think about. He won't can't imagine. That a person wanted to na'uzubillah steal, stealing is haram no matter what he steals. But now to desecrate a corpse in this manner and to go and dig up a color in this way, in the dead of night now, a person will go and dig it up, nobody's around and will steal the kafan. And a person starts getting into one wrong after the other, he starts, gradually the mind stops working. A person can't think. His ability to think is then blocked. He might be able to think about dunya, but his ability to think about in terms of akhirat, what is going to harm his akhirat, what is going to bring betterment in his akhirat, what is going to bring him closer to Allah Ta'ala, what is going to harm him, that gets stunted. That thinking gets stunted. And let alone that, even in terms of dunya too, the harm and the loss of dunya, he can't understand. That what he's, what he's wanting to get himself involved in, where this will finish off and how it will even destroy his dunya too, that too he can't imagine, he can't think. This is one of the effects of sin. That it stunts a person's thinking. Now after that, everybody is now asking him, but, but how you did this? I'm trying to figure out now what happened. How could a person, but now when a person starts stooping lower and lower, now he gets into this level. So in any case, He's now crying and he's saying, but I, no, I, so what happened now? He says, in any case, I dug one grave up. When I dug this grave, I saw a scene which really just shocked me. It was just a newly buried person. And when a person is buried in the grave, then obviously a lot of care is taken to make sure that that mayit is faced towards the Qibla. So now it's not something that, uh, 
just happens by chance, it's very very carefully the mayyit is placed in such a way that the person is facing fully towards the qibla. He says, but when I open this cover, so it's obvious that the care was taken to place the person in the manner that he was facing qibla. He says, the whole face was turned totally the other way around. Which can't. Like one is now, it, somehow the mayyid fell on the back. He says, not completely turned the other way around. He says, but I got, and nothing else, nothing else was there in terms of having seen anything else. But just this very sight and knowing that what care is taken to put the mayyid facing the qibla and here the whole thing is the other way around see it just filled me with so much of awe and so much of fear I quickly started closing the grave up and left it as is I didn't even touch anything further and I was now just closing everything up to now run away from there and I hear a voice calling out I can't see anybody but the voice is calling out to me won't you ask what happened? Won't you ask why this happened? So he says, well, I just said, well, okay, why it happened? Tell me why it happened. He says, this person used to regard Salah lightly. He performed it, he performed it, didn't perform it, so okay. Uh, he made it in time, made time, made a qaza, so fine, no big, no big deal. And he did it haphazardly or anyhow. Took Salah lightly, no big deal about it. That became the result, or this became the result of this treating Salah lightly. Any case, he says then, now I, I decided I'm not going to do this again, and then again the same thing overwhelmed me. That now, you know what, my family, I need to get something for them, so rather go steal one kafan. So I went and dug another grave. I dug another grave, this time I got a bigger shock, that this mayyit was lying there, and he was shackled in chains. And his tongue was brought right out onto his chest. And it was obviously very, very, he was being punished in a very serious manner. So I got a bigger shock. I quickly started closing up this cover to leave from there. Again, the same thing as I'm closing it up, there's a voice from the unseen, but will you not ask what happened? Why this happened? But sometimes, Allah Ta'ala makes these things happen. As Ibrad makes these things happen so people will take a lesson. Now this is recorded in history that this whole incident took place. It's not a hadith sharif, but Allah Ta'ala makes these things happen sometimes. Somebody heard it with their own ears, they saw with their own eyes, and now they're relating it. So, in any case, he, he says, and I ask, okay, what happened? Why is this person suffering this punishment? He says, this fellow used to carry tails. This person used to carry tails. And he wasn't conscious about the drops of urine. This is a very major thing which people take for granted. A person goes to relieve himself and he's not taking care to avoid any kind of splashes onto his body, etc. Now sometimes those splashes are such that now the extent that the body got soiled, that salah is not valid also. Because now that extent of najasat on the body will nullify or not even allow that salah to be fulfilled. Other person performing the salah, that salah is not fulfilled, and Allah knows now somebody is gone for hajj, gone for umrah, he's making tawaf, in that condition he's making tawaf, that tawaf is not fulfilled. Uh, he's made hajj, he's made tawaf as ziyara, that tawaf as ziyara is not fulfilled. The hadith sharif, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has warned very greatly about this. Istanzihu min al-bawl, 
That beware of the splashes of urine. Because much of the azab of qabr is due to this. So she says this was the second one. Any case I quickly close it up. I said this is the last. I'm never going to do this again. And then after whatever time might have passed. Again I got felt. Now this unfortunately our shaitan. When things just now subside a little. Then all the promises we made with Allah Ta'ala we forget about. Allah will never do this again. Allah will never miss this compulsory act again. And now after a few days and a few weeks again everything just fizzles away. So I went back and dug another grave. And this time when I dug this grave, to my shock, this person was, he was with nails of fire. He was nailed all over the ground with nails of fire. And he was being subjected to this very, very severe punishment. And I asked, what is this person's problem? Again, he said, I quickly started closing it up. The same thing, I'm a voice from the unseen, that won't you inquire what happened? Why this happened? So well, why it happened? This person was addicted to drinking. Intoxication. So is Azad. Then a fourth one. Again, the same story. Fourth one says, this time when I opened that grave, it was completely in flames. Totally in flames. And again, the same story, voice from the unseen. I asked, what, what happened here? He can't salah. This person is to just forsake his salah. No concern. So eventually, this passed also, some time passed, I decided to go and still dig another grave. So this time I dug the grave, as I opened the grave, it was shining bright. So I decided to go inside. I went inside, I see this, to the extent of my sight, this is as wide as it, on all directions. This person is lying on a bed, extremely beautiful, and he's in total comfort. See, but I decided this is, I can't, I can't touch this. This is, person is in such a wonderful state here. So I started cu- coming out and closing up the grave. Again the question came. Won't you ask, why this happened? How this happened? Why was he honored in such a way? I asked, that's what happened? How come he was honored in such a way? So this person from his very youth dedicated himself to Allah Ta'ala. Now this was not a Hadith Sharif. This was a an experience Allah Ta'ala made somebody have. And he came and related it in the court of Abdul Malik bin Marwan. Now the lesson nevertheless is there for us. Allah Ta'ala makes these things happen as ibrad, as a lesson. That insan will take a lesson. He will take heed and move forward. So in any case, this, the, the discussion we were, what we were discussing is, that mashallah with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, we've come from the month of Ramadan, we are just barely still a week away and mashallah the zeal with which the fast were kept the importance that was given to it alhamdulillah Allah ta'ala increased that in our hearts and Allah ta'ala enabled us to see many many more Ramadans and enable us to spend every Ramadan better than the one that had passed but just as that due importance has to be given to Ramadan likewise is the aspect of our daily salah which is of greater importance also this is the first thing to be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah and this is what everything rests upon it in terms of Allah Ta'ala says Inna salata tanha anil wal munkar Salah comes in order, everything else will come in order Salah is neglected, it's going to now have a ripple effect on other aspects as well 
So ourselves, our families, and one and all, we have to remind to bring the salah alive. Not just in passing, just while we did it, but with the due importance. With the due importance, not in a haphazard, hurried manner, giving it its due importance, giving it that care, that concern, that should be given to something of great importance. And we just as at the time of iftar, there was that natural happiness, not pride, not arrogance, that natural happiness over ibadat, which comes from the side of Allah Ta'ala, on fulfillment of an ibadat. A person who keeps up with his five daily salah in the proper manner, with that due care and concern, Allah will fill his heart with that happiness of ibadat. That peace and tranquility that will come in his heart won't be achievable in some other way. That is that happiness of ibadat, provided that it is being given that due care, that due concern, being done in the correct manner, being done in the way that Nabi Islam has taught us to do it, and commanded us to do it, then that same happiness and that kind of happiness that is felt at the time of iftar for the person who has truly kept that fast in a proper manner. A person, mashallah, the day of Eid was such a joyous day. But if somebody didn't fast in the month of Ramadan, out of neglect, out of carelessness, unfortunately these things happen also. So he didn't fast the whole month. Allah Ta'ala protect us. But now the day of Eid came, so he too put on his new clothes and came into the Eidgah. So the day of Eid is the day of Eid, but it can be said without a doubt that that person is not enjoying Eid. He's just on the surface now, he's enjoying maybe some Eid and that, but his heart can feel no joy. That joy on the day of Eid, which is felt deep down in a person, is the joy of the fast of Ramadan. The barakat of that. That Allah Ta'ala blesses with happiness. The person never kept it. So what joy is going to have? On the surface it might seem he's also celebrating. And, but there's something inside which doesn't come from the external things. It comes from Allah Ta'ala directly. So likewise that salah that is performed in the correct manner, given his due importance, person is waking up in good time to make his fajr salah in time, not getting delayed, Likewise, he's giving all the other salah their due time, making sure it's performed with salah with jama'ah, which is wajib for adult males, unless there is a valid shari reason, it is wajib to perform it with jama'ah. And if the masjid is not very far off, then it's performed in the masjid. The masjid is within reasonable distance, under just about a kilometer or so, then we have to go to the masjid. So now this is the importance that has to be given to salah. In this ayat of the Quran Sharif, actually the purpose was to discuss this ayat, Allah Ta'ala gives us three aspects. This is the short cause of Islam. The short cause of Islam. One is daily recitation of Quran Sharif. Establishing Salah. And the last part is Akbar. And the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Does it mean that there is nothing else required to be done? person did these three things and just don't worry about anything else? No, no, no. If a person has these three things in his life in the way it should be, then this itself will bring life into the heart. And when the heart comes alive, then everything will come alive. Then the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala will come. 
then all the sins will fall away because as it is in the salata tanha anil fahshai wal munkar then he will have that zeal to serve deen he will have that zeal to help others he'll have that zeal and enthusiasm to let alone the farais to now be engaging himself much in even the nawafil the mustahabbat and all the aspects of deen so this is not the end of it this is the start of it but this is a very very effective start if this is in reality blot arrive this will bring everything alive allah tbaraka wa taala give me and all of us a tawfiq allah taala bless us with the true concern for salah the reality of salah in our lives and enable us to be very very punctual on it allah taala bless us all with the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 لا إله 
ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت الاعز الاكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها اللهم ات نفوسنا تقواها وزكها انت خير من زكاها انت وليها ومولاها ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قره اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا واتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اله العالمين يا الله وموس مسيف الموس غريشس موس كاين موس لافين الله اله العالمين يا الله فوجيف اس يا الله فوجيف اول او ميجر ماينسن يا الله يا الله فوجيف ذا انتاي امه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اله العالمين يا الله انيبل اس تو بيكم يور اوبيدينت اند لويال سيرفنتس يا الله اله العالمين سيف اس من اول ذا فايسز اند سينز يا الله يا الله وي ميكينج توبه فروم اول ذا ثينجز ذات وي هاف دن ذات وي ار ديس بليزينج تو يو يا الله اله العالمين يا الله ميك اس يا الله Allah keep us far away from all the things that you are displeased with ya Allah. Ya Allah you keep us steadfast on the tawbah ya Allah. Allah save us from every haram ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the eyes ya Allah, from the sins of the ears and tongue ya Allah. From the sins of the hands and feet ya Allah. Purify our hearts out of every sin ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya Allah. Ilahul alamin ya Allah remove the love of dunya out of our hearts ya Allah. Ya Allah remove the taste of sin from our hearts ya Allah. Ilahul alamin ya Allah give us the taste of zikr ya Allah, the taste of salah ya Allah, the sweetness of tilawat ya Allah. Ilahul alamin ya Allah, Allah give us the enjoyment of amal ya Allah. Allah give us the taste of ya Allah the khidmat of deen ya Allah. Allah accept us in our progeny to qiyamah for the khidmat of deen ya Allah. With ikhlas and afiyat ya Allah. Ilahul alamin ya Allah Ya Allah, you grant us the tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah, with khushu and khudu, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with the importance of salah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill the hearts of each person, Ya Allah, all in our homes, Ya Allah. The entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, fill the hearts with the importance of salah, Ya Allah. Grant the tawfiq of performing every salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, salah in good time, Ya Allah. Salah with khushu and khudu, Ya Allah. Salah in a way that you become pleased, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, throughout the world, Ya Allah. Allah, wherever the Muslims are in any suffering and pain and hardship, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, blow the winds of hidayat, Ya Allah. Blow the winds of hidayat, Ya Allah. Blow the winds of hidayat throughout the four corners of the earth, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to live the Mubarak Sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their illnesses, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever difficulties and hardships anybody is in, Ya Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Save us from every drop and grain of haram and doubtful things, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you keep us steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Save us and the entire ummah from all the fitnas, Ya Allah. 
Save us from all the fitnas, Ya Allah. Only with your protection can we be saved, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Save us from all the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we are too weak, Ya Allah. Allah, don't leave us to ourselves, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You don't leave us to ourselves with the blink of an eye, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you keep us steadfast on all the a'mal, Ya Allah. Save us from all the sins and vices, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands with this dua, you fulfill each one's dire needs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه معين والحمد لله